0: Welcome to episode 106 of the Saints FC podcast. Tom, did you know it's four years to the day that Shane Long commentary happened?
1: I know, I saw that and I, I got a bit emotional. I was kind of hoping that the club would put the Titanic music on top of it. Um, but
0: yeah, where, where were you, John,
1: when, when that goal went in?
0: Um, gosh, because I, I went to the first leg. At St. Mary's. And where did I watch the second leg? It must have just been at home in in Hackney back then, four years ago. Yeah. I I have a feeling my brother was over at the time. I think he was staying in... He was working in London that that week and and was over. And, um, yeah, I mean, there were some quite wild celebrations to be had. I was in a
1: meeting in in Seattle.
0: Ah, I remember you saying...
1: In a room full of um, serious Americans, uh, watching it on a stream on my phone.
0: And was that the last meeting you did whilst working for Amazon after you uh, (laughs) ran the ran the length of the boardroom? There was a few fist pumping.
1: You know that that maybe precipitated something. Yeah, yeah, it was um, big goal. And you know what was fascinating as well as I was I was watching it to the highlights of that game today and how Fraser Forster had some world class saves, but also players who always hurt us, i.e. Sturridge, just had absolute, He had an absolute stinker, didn't
0: he? Yeah. I mean, it, I remember the first leg as well, that we absolutely battered them, didn't we? We yes. played so well. Redmond got a great goal, but I really have been going into that second leg two or three goals up. And it felt sort of criminal that we were only going there 1-0 up. And I think all of that anxiety, because Liverpool did just sort of, uh I don't think we even had any sort of possession for pretty much most of most of that, that game and then then it was Romeo winning the ball, Josh Sims, and then Shane Long.
1: Yeah. I mean the, the from the, the highlights that were put online today, Nathan Redmond tore him to pieces, didn't he? Mm. Um that's the Nathan Redmond we want to see. But um yeah, great days and a rare sort of loss of cool and composure from Powell as well at the
0: end. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time he showed any passion, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah. yeah.
1: oh well. It wasn't oh, a- well.
0: Last time we reached uh final of a cup, We're, and we'll be talking about cups this evening. Redmond might be coming back actually from injury, I think, Tom, I, I read earlier as well today. So maybe we'll see Redmond doing well. Anyway, Tom, we've got three games to cover um, I don't want to dwell on the Leicester game too much because that's the one uh, from from a week ago. Um, lost 2-0. I heard this one, this game being described as sort of like a, a real humdinger, end-to-end, two teams mm. that neutrals love to watch. And I can understand that because it was all of those things, end-to-end, really exciting match, really good contest um I thought Saints did really really well up until the point where Madison scored and I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with VAR Uh, obviously we had the Diallo foul in the build up to that and then VAR can only go back so far but I I, I don't like fully understand that but I I guess you have to draw the line somewhere and so it's that sort of passage of play, play stuff isn't it I mean do you fully get it Tom like where they draw the line or how they draw the line
1: I think part of it depends what club you are, doesn't it? About probably how far they're willing to go back and draw the line. I think part of the challenge was um, Saints probably had the chance to deal with it, didn't they, after the Diallo foul? Mm. We didn't. Um, I thought it was an interesting game because, you know, obviously whilst we lost, we didn't disgrace ourselves.
0: No, Um, I mean, we we were in it all the way till the 94th minute or whenever it was that Harvey Barnes scored.
1: Yeah, and I don't think we played bad at all. And I think one of the things that's fascinating—I know this is a—you know—this is what not being a big club is. But I, you know, I watched Liverpool last night, and much is being made of Liverpool's injuries. Um, uh, you know, and of course Van Dyke is out. and Of course, he's a really important player. But they still have like unbelievable depth and quality mm. to be able to call on. Um, but you know, Saints for the, for that game, um, you know, we're lacking and and. You know, we're going into the game tomorrow with the same thing. We're lacking basically the spine of the team. Mm. And we're still putting in really strong performances. I felt sorry for them against Leicester. It was almost like, it's the difference, isn't it, between having a deep squad or not having a squad and then having a player like Madison who is just a different gravy, isn't he, really?
0: Yeah, I I think Madison played really well. I mean, he, he did really well to get his shot in the net from there. Um, I mean, I think we've got a. Ha- There's some questions there. I mean, you're talking about missing the spine of the team. I mean, that's like Vestergaard, Romeo, and Ings. You know, would Romeo get fouled there? Well, yes, he might get fouled, but he probably still wouldn't give away the ball. So that's you know something for Diallo to work on. Although I think we'll come to Diallo in this podcast because he was sensational against Arsenal, in my view. Could Stevens have done better? Would Vestergaard have done better? Could McCarthy have done better? He'd yeah, been beaten at the near pace, but you know that, that that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, that's what games games are won by. Madison, who came so close to signing for Saints, yeah, wasn't was it? It was, was like, it? like between Leicester and Norwich. But you, you, I can see, I can understand why he chose Leicester. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he at? I I think I read he was at the training ground. What for Saints? Yeah, and the, and then he got the call. His
1: agent, you know, Leicester want you, and that's it. I think he's just a really quality player. And I, I don't. <laughs> Part of me thinks that, um, I was thinking about this with the England set-up and about, you know, where Ward-Prowse fits in. And you've got, you know, you've got Madison and you've got Grealish, two of the most kind of outlandishly talented players. Probably, you know, England have had natural talent since Letitia or Gascoigne. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, where does that leave a Ward-Prowse? But Madison is fantastic. And, I mean, Madison and, and Grealish are going to do that, what, you know what Madison did to Saints. I think he's can do that to teams all year out. Um, it's not a weakness of Saints, and yeah, could Stevens have done better? But yeah, you know, let's not forget Stevens. What six games this season? How many clean sheets, John?
0: Is it five? Four? Five. Five. You know,
2: yeah.
1: Those goals are the only goals that we've conceded with Jack Stevens in the team. So, mm. you know, I don't think you can blame him. Like I say, better players. Then Jack is going to get done over by Madison this year
0: yeah and and you know let's um, be frank although the final score was 2-0 it was really a 1-0 with lots of end-to-end action I mean um, uh, Bednarek cleared a, a shot off the line Leicester had some good chances but you know so did Smallbone had a good shot Armstrong hit the bar Bertrand had a chance where you really wanted that to fall to someone who's not your left back Adams had a, a good chance as well so you know we were pushing for the equaliser and that's why we we got done at the end you know in the 94th minute because we'd committed too many men forward and Stevens was desperately trying to well trying to take the ball up wasn't he and get another attack started
1: yeah it was it was cruel on Saints but it that's the, the price you pay I think it, it's fascinating. At least we were trying. I think, you know, we've spoken about the Liverpool game at length, but one of the most amazing things about the Liverpool game was at the end, you know, they have a corner and they have a chance to whack it into the mixer and they take it short. And, um, you know, at least Saints didn't do that. At least Saints tried. You know, also Diallo's playing one of his first games. Smallbone's playing his first game in ages. Gets quite a serious injury. You know, like you say, no Ings, no Vestergaard. I, I didn't think it was a disgraceful result.
0: No, no, no. Um, say so, I mean we, we've now probably played all the title contenders haven't we where do you where do you put Leicester in amongst that are they the best side we've played against this season so far
1: oh they them are more yeah I tell you, well I think they played the best against us because I think you know yeah we lost heavily to Spurs but we kind of were we signed our own death warrant a little bit in that game Man United we were unfortunate Man City we were unfortunate Leicester were kind of the first team that sort of yeah, you know, in the sort of boxing world, kept us, uh, you know, at, at distance and then hit us twice. Mm. You know, like good boxers do. I think the others was was crappy, and I think you know Spurs was just self-destruct. So they look really good, and I, I would love to see them go and you know, run, disrupt massive. it all again. Yeah, and and why not if they can keep Vardy fit? And they can keep Madison fit, and they've got a really good squad. Tealmans, Justin James, go for it! I'd, you know, I'd happily watch Leicester win the league again. I think they'd be great for football.
0: All right, so Leicester City fans, you probably might have enjoyed this segment. Um, I, I think one of the things as well, if before we move on to the FA Cup action, if we t- if we go through those sort of title challenges, so obviously we've beaten Everton, um, we've beaten Villa. Uh, sort of a, from the, the pretenders section, I, I, I suppose. We've beaten Liverpool, the reigning uh, title holders. Um, and, you know, Liverpool have now gone on to a pretty pretty bad run of form. Um, and doing similar things, I think, uh, uh, against Burnley as they did against us. You know, just repeatedly trying crosses and, and they seem to have lost the imagination. It, and it's funny with Liverpool, it's not so much their defensive frailties, is it? that Where they're missing... Um, Van Dyke and stuff, but um, you know it's, they they don't seem to be able to attack. Um, Man City obviously beat us one nil, and they're probably the the favourites now, aren't they, t- to win the title? And you've got Leicester there, who we went toe to toe was a very entertaining game. But do you feel like it was maybe more likely that we were going to get the equaliser against Leicester than it was against Man City?
1: Yeah, I think at like Man City we kind of huffed and puffed, didn't we? And we weren't really getting anywhere. At least, you know, Leicester we hit the bar. say Adams had a good chance. Um, Smallbone had a chance that you know a more confident, more experienced player might have done better with. Bertrand should have scored.
0: Yeah, he really should have
1: done. On his yeah. left foot from that sort of range with that sort of that sort of space. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think the Man City for me it looks like Man City or Man United. Do you think? Man United, look, I mean, I, did you watch the Liverpool game last night at the FA Cup? I didn't,
0: you know, it's, it's just one of those games which is a terrible time. I've got to say, today, Tom, I've pulled an absolute blinder around the house. I, I've been brilliant, I've cooked every meal, I've held good. the baby at every opportunity, and then I sort of, were like, whilst I was doing the washing up this evening, and, you know, made made a proper good mess of the kitchen to make the washing up look like a mammoth task whilst I was cooking dinner, I pointed out to Sophie, you know, why don't, why don't uh, you know, I'll do everything this evening and then tomorrow night I can watch the football. Yeah, fair play, John. Yeah. But yeah, you know. the, the six o'clock kickoffs or or 5.30 or whatever, it's killer for me. It's just dreadful.
1: Yeah. I, got, I got to watch the game. I mean, Man United, he looked good. Mm. I mean, to say, with with Cavani with through the middle and Rashford and Greenwood on either side, they are terrifying. Um, yeah. But I think you, you played a good tactical game there, John.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: You, you've done what Man City did to us, but you've done it to your good lady wife and mother of <laughs> your children. So well done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um Right. Well, let's uh, let's move on now to the FA Cup. Two FA Cup games in a week. Um, the first game, uh, the 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 game against Shrewsbury. Um, was initially postponed because of the covid outbreak at the club and and their manager was in intensive care for for a little while now i think he's on the mend uh, at the moment but um yeah th- there was some talk of saints having a bye into the next round and I, I think that would have been a really dangerous precedent to to set and i was thinking like oh well, you know that'd be great for saints we'd be through to the next round but then let's face it if we came up against Um, well, Liverpool, obviously, that's not going to happen. But if we came up against Man United, you'd want the game to go ahead, wouldn't you? If we had to postpone it because half the team had COVID, you'd definitely want a shot at doing it. You wouldn't want Man United to be given a bye.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I I don't know what the rules are. No one seems to quite be able to tell you what the rules are. Because obviously, Villa wanted their game to go ahead against... um, Uh, against uh, Liverpool and obviously just happily put out a team of kids. Um, And then other teams are saying they can't play so Everton postponed the Man City postponed the Premier League game against Everton because like four, you know, I don't know what the rule, I mean like you'd have thought Man City with the squad that they have should have been able to put out 14 players, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Some sort of licensed coach to be on the, the sideline. Um, I can't work it out. I mean, I, you know, who knows what the what the rules are. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely have no idea. I'd love to be able to tell you, John, but I just don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, I was pleased that we played the tie, although it did, I mean, it had all of the sort of hallmarks of what could have been a really nasty uh, exit, didn't it? I mean, it was like yeah. wet, windy, nighttime game young squad up against, you know, an experienced side uh from, from League One who'd who've been doing quite well. Um I mean just going through that that team sheet of that night. I mean we had Fraser Forster, Bednarek and Stevens, um, and then War Prouse as captain, but you know, you've got uh, Jake Vokins, Jan Valery, Diallo still very young, um chalk, Watts,
2: Dooley.
1: John, there are players that played for Saints. And I, you know, we all take an interest in all levels of the club. but There are players that played that night that I'd never heard of.
0: Which one? Kegs Chalk?
1: Kegs Chalk I hadn't heard of and Watts. I hadn't come across him before. Yeah. Cenkowitz is meant to be the next big thing, isn't he? But yeah, it did look a bit... It did look a bit... um it, it did look a bit, um, banana skin.
0: Mm. And then th- how did you feel the game went? Because I thought it looked like a potential banana skin. But as the game sort of started off, I suddenly felt a lot more comfortable. It looked like, you know, the kids knew how to play the Ralph Hassenhutter style of football. I thought that was the most impressive thing, really, is that although the lineup was totally different, none of them struggled with the concept of the style of play, did they?
1: No, not, I mean, you know, Ralph. Um, spent the, the sort of time off in the new was due to COVID, doing this, you know, the Southampton way, um, and it was clear to see that there, there were players there that were, were able just to step up and just to do the job and and not look out of place against, yeah, uh, you know, I know they're League Two, but obviously they're senior professionals. Mm. Um, I mean, some of them look, I mean, like Watson and Choke look really good. I thought very good on the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, say, oh, we we could go for um, sorry, just to pick you up on they're League One rather than League Two, so we're oh, going to give it, going to give them their their G. Um, well, I mean, if if we go through the game, I mean, Caleb Watts creates the first chance, doesn't he? You know, an early chance with some very skillful piece of play. Um, and he was also involved in the build-up for the Unlandulu goal as well, so. Mm-hmm. I think we had a, a beautiful ball up to the top from James ward Prowse, which Caleb Watts brought down and tick tucked it into the bottom corner. I mean, I, I think even if you're a League One keeper, you're a bit disappointed not to have done a little bit more yeah. with that. He, did,
1: he sort of scuffs it, doesn't he? Yeah. It was a weird goal, um, but he did really good skill so, to get the shooting chance.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. So I think, you know, you've got Watts and Unlandulu. I mean, we've seen Unlandulu a few times now. And he looks a handful, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, and he's clearly someone that Ralph rates. Obviously, before um, Obafemi got quite a bad injury recently, you know, Obafemi wasn't getting in the team and it was all uh, Lundulu. So he's big, he's strong. He looks like a powerful footballer, doesn't he? And I think some of his most impressive, when he's, he's, when he's come off the bench, always been quite impressed with his ability to hold the ball up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's particularly against great, Liverpool, yeah. I thought he did really well yeah. in, that, in that regard. Um, I mean, so so I think you know from the first half, I thought Caleb Watson and Lindelöf sort of stood out, probably the most. Um, Chalk though was was looking pretty good as well.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, they look. I mean, the Saints look pretty solid. I think. I mean, with that
1: back, you know, you'd have been disappointed with the back five if we had lost because it. Now, whilst I think as you got further into the team, there was a lack of experience. Certainly, that you know that back five wouldn't look out of place in a Premier League game. You know, maybe you know Bokins aside.
2: Mm.
1: You know, Valerie's got a fair amount of Premier League experience. Obviously, Stevens and better and Forster have got tons of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for Forster, I suppose probably had to make his first save since being back in the Saints side because he didn't really have to make one against Liverpool, did he? Uh, from a chap key, on the commentary, it sounded like they were saying Wallie. Who I thought was a you know a nice little robot from <laughs> Disney films. Um, uh, Stevens had a really good chance from a corner. We yeah. also had the shot that was cleared off the line by Shrewsbury. That was a Caleb Watts shot as well, wasn't it? From nice build-up play from Vakins. Yes. Um, and there was also what that's the other one Adams, where he took it around the keeper, but then dwelled on the ball too long, didn't he? He should have Kill just you. smashed it in with his left.
2: What's going on?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of like, I, I suppose, what did Shrewsbury have? I mean, if we're going to be fair, Chapman was quite busy, but he was never really a problem, was he?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought they just kind of kept us at bay, really, rather oh. than did a huge amount. Um I thought the Saints managed the game pretty well, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I, I, I suppose one of the things that you, that you have to say that um, to give credit to Shrewsbury is Ralph Hassenhittle felt that he had to bring on Adams and Armstrong to shore it mm, up.
1: Yeah. It was a really good point. And
2: yeah.
1: then the game kind of changed at that point, didn't it? Because those guys are so such powerful runners Yeah, that it kind of took momentum back to Saints.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, pretty close to the end, Diallo gets fouled in the internationally recognised James Will Prowse territory.
1: Which is getting bigger by the day, isn't it? The internationally recognised James Will Prowse. It was, used to be a sort of fairly small window.
0: Yeah, now now corners are included. <laughs> corners are in play now, yeah. Um, and uh, I think that was his fourth direct free kick he scored this season, was it? Uh, two against
1: Villa. Who's the other one? Oh, one against Man United And mm-hmm. this. Yeah. It was a funny one, though, wasn't it? Because it was so far out to the left. Um, and he, he hits it well. And I almost think, like, the keeper thinks... Keeper sort of punches it into the net. And you wonder whether the keeper's just saying, well, he can't get it there. So I don't need to worry about getting that far across.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he consistently seems to... I think what's impressive about James Will Prowse is there's nobody who's interested in football in this country that doesn't know that James Will Prowse is good at at a free kick, right? Yeah. So if you're a goalie, you know what's coming. And they probably study this. I imagine the goalkeeper coach from Shrewsbury has had a look at some James Will Prowse free kicks and tried to anticipate where some of them are going to go. And yet he still can... Continues to test goalkeepers or or score score from these direct free kicks and is another one, um, really great. You know, there to do it again.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it. I mean, he's it, just this ability to get it up and down, isn't it? It's just phenomenal. Um, and you, you sort of wonder now whether he, you know, is he more, is he more deadly in that kind of position? So like you wonder if a free kick from there, which not many players would try and. Um, score from mm. you wonder if and I wonder this with the Shrewsbury keeper whether you know they have many years of playing experience and they just almost think well he can't do that from there so I don't need to be you know the wall wall only needs to be here and I need to be there Um, but I the, but he can't there's no way he can do what I think he's about to do and then he goes and does it anyway
0: yeah yeah Oh it's, it's just such a treat to have him in the side isn't it I mean he with like FA Cup weekends, you watch other teams and then other teams just don't have people that can take free kicks like that. Even no. the best teams don't have people that can take free kicks like that. You, you watch like Liverpool players and you're know, standing up for a free kick and you just think, whatever, mate. Wow.
1: Alexander, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold was, I'll get his name right this week. Yeah, like, you know, they're not, I mean, he's a great player here at the ball, but he's not, the consistency that which Prowse hits the ball, not just free kicks, but corners and mm. it's just phenomenal.
0: So, I mean, let, let's um, go through some of these performances, Tom. I mean, wh- wh- who, who was your standout young player from this game? I mean, we had Chalk, we had Watts, and Nlandouli, I won't allow Valerie. will allow Vokins, Jankovic. <sighs> Only had a small amount of time on the pitch, so it's probably not going to be him. But you know, what, what did you think?
1: I thought chalk looked really good. Yeah, he looked very skillful, very comfortable on the ball. Um, for for me, he looked like the person that when we had it, he was the one who was going to create something. I thought it was quite interesting the role that Sky Wall Prowse played as well, which was, you know, very, he almost plays as like a a sweeper. Yeah. Giving the ball to Chalk and Watts to kind of create, um, yeah. I, chalk to me looked just very, very talented and very
2: skillful.
0: Interesting. I'm, I was, I'm going to go for Watts in this one. And I, I thought also, but basically the reasons that I'm choosing Watts are the same reasons that you're going for Chalk. I thought Watts looked really skillful on the ball. Um, he did a little uh, kind of sort of Cruyff turn step over thing which reminded me of Adam Lallana at one point which you know uh, is, is never a bad thing um, you know obviously not the coming off after 60 minutes but you know that that sort of level of skill um, I, I was really pleased I also thought Jankovic when, with the small amount of time that he went on yeah. the pitch also looked pretty good
1: yeah, yeah I thought Jankovic looked really good I mean Jankovic is the one that You know, people who are apparently in the know say is the next big thing. Mm. So it's interesting that he didn't start, but um, yeah, he's the one that's been linked with Barcelona and all sorts of other teams, isn't he? So, but I thought he looked really good when he came on.
0: Yeah.
1: Only in like six, seven minutes, but he looked very, very skillful and very adept.
0: Yeah, he he looked the business, didn't he? Yeah. And and I don't think, I mean, we
1: don't have a huge amount of depth. I mean, you know, if you look at, outside the Diallo in the centre midfield area, what would we do? If you've got a Diallo injury and a Romeo injury, you're not looking particularly strong there for Saints. No. Um, so some of those players are going to play, and obviously there's no small bone now.
0: No. No, no. he's done his ACL.
1: Yeah. So a- interesting game, and um us up quite nicely for the Arsenal one.
0: Yeah, so obviously Saints get through that, and then have a-, a few days to prepare for... The game against the current FA Cup holders. Um, interesting lineup selection here from the the two managers. Differing approaches. Um, Ralph basically chose the strongest side he had available, although he allowed Fraser Forster um, to continue to keep his place from the Tuesday, which was uh, you know nice for Forster to have something to look forward to, I suppose. And that was maybe that was some of the part of the deal coming back from Celtic was to get the cup games. Um, but yeah, we, we had, we named a strong lineup. Arsenal made more changes than we did, didn't they?
1: So are you go mad when you, if you're an Arsenal fan? You're absolutely bonkers. And I looked at the lineup and I, first of all, I was really relieved that we've out a really strong team. Cause I, I, it does drive me a bit mad. You know, if we hadn't, I'm like we're not going to win the league lads. Really? You know, probably not going to get Champions League. We're unlikely, probably, when it's all said and done to finish the top six. So, yeah, let's have a really great cup run. I know you would have gone, you would have been really annoyed if they'd have done that. But um, I just, But then also, you, you have to say as well, like th- these things were relative, isn't it? And Saints' B team is A and Watts. They're, you know, and Valerie and Vokins. Their B team is William. Yeah. You know, Brazil international played in like world cups. Okay. 72 million pounds. Cedric, European championship winning right back. Um, you know, their B team is a lot different to our B team. Uh, you know, you could argue that probably apart from, um, yeah, maybe apart from Cedric, most of those players would gained Saints first choice 11. um, but I, I think it was fascinating because obviously the attitude of the manager just rubs off on the players as well. And I just thought from the first whistle, it was just so obvious the Saints were just fired up for it, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, you could tell that they wanted to win the game more, which is sort of rare, I think, in this level of football. I think in this level of football, <clears throat> everyone wants to win. You know, people haven't got to Premier League standard without being you know, natural winners. And. Yeah, straight from the off, uh, we were up and at them. We win a corner early on, which James Ward-Prowse decides to have a shot from, which I just thought was crazy because he, he also... I think he meant it. I, I, I think he meant it as well. I mean, when have you, how many times have you seen James Ward-Prowse accidentally do an outswing instead of an inswing?er Well, he slices it, doesn't he? Exactly. He
1: slices it off the outside of his boot. I think he meant it.
2: Yeah,
0: of
1: course he did. And also, I think the other reason why I think he meant it is because, from memory, I think um, a lot of the Saints players were at the back post, and I wonder if it was a ploy to make the goalkeeper and make the defenders focus on the back post and not the near post. I, I think he meant it.
0: I mean, it wasn't a bad shot,
1: was it? But well, I mean, you know, Leno was getting nowhere near it, was he? Yeah. If it's like three or four inches under, it's going straight in.
0: Um. So anyway, well, well, he got the um, he got the excitement level up, but it just Saints were just better than Arsenal. Um, all the way through that. I mean, Cedric had a. I, I mean, I wasn't really mentioned this. I think probably in a normal match, but it was quite fun to watch Cedric hit it up into Rose Z Um. Quite really? early on as well.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, they, Arsenal were what was weird as well was, um, you know, Cedric, who is obviously a right back playing at left back, um, when they've got Saka on the bench, um, and TN he's fit but just not playing. I mean, what was they were just so not at the races, and again. We, saw, we saw, see it, saw it at the start of the season where teams... Do you remember the Newcastle game where they were just totally shocked at the press? And yeah. You were like, and you and it was like watching kind of an animal or like watching something like that's not kind of too bright just sort of repeatedly get do something stupid. And you're like, New, Newcastle, like why are you doing this? Stop trying to play out from the back. You lose the ball every single time. And just Arsenal kept doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, it, it was great, wasn't strange.
1: it? I don't I, know. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Because like Arteta obviously wants to play in a certain style, but I, they looked very much like the sort of team without a style that I was afraid that Saints might have been against Shrewsbury, but mm. they weren't. They were. They were. Just, they were just dreadful. I mean, Adams um, quite liked his chance where he rounded Gabriel. Did you enjoy that one?
1: Yeah.
2: Where he real, put
0: it one side, ran round the other.
2: Yeah. He
1: was. He was unlucky. Um, in that, uh, but I but I thought it kind of Saints were very aggressive, weren't they, in this game? Yeah. I think they probably knew when they, an hour before the game, when they saw the lineup, and you know, you're looking at like, you know, no Aubameyang, no Lacazette, Saka on the bench, um, no Tierney, you know, and you're looking at players like Willian, who, you know, it seems, a seems a shadow of his former self, Pepe, who seems a shadow of the player that he apparently is. Um, and they must be thinking, you know, we get in their face. We're aggressive again. They're not going to mm. like Kind of like we did for the first hour, even when they had their first team out, actually, at the Emirates.
0: Yeah. They, 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 they didn't like it at all. Um, and I thought this was typified, actually, by the Saints goal. was just brilliant, wasn't it? I was caught um, in a sort of pincer movement by Diallo and Armstrong. I think Diallo put the tackle in and Armstrong picked it up. Um, tries to play it to Ings, who sort of misses it. But uh, James Will Prow sort of... He's also surging forward at this point. Picks up, gets out to Carl Walker Peters, who he scores the goal. Ish.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got a feel for Gabriel, didn't That's sending off earlier against in the season against us, and then an own goal. Yeah, um, yeah, I well say deserved. It. I mean, it it was funny because you know it's weird to think you deserve an own goal, but Saints deserved the goal. They deserved to to lead at that point.
2: Well,
0: um, I mean, we we flooded. Um, the Arsenal... We we flooded the red zone, as Ralph would have liked to call it. And let's face it, if Gabriel doesn't get the touch on it that takes under Leno, I think Adams is getting that and putting it in anyway.
1: Yeah. It was a... I'm also glad for Walker Peters because he is just such a talented, brilliant footballer. um, And he he deserved that. I think... Yeah, they just... uh, I was just, it was, I think it's just really interesting to watch, like teams of obviously super talented, brilliant professional footballers just lose their mind when Saints press them. And one of the things that was funny, I don't know if you saw it, it was highlighted on Match of the Day, is um, when Diallo wins, Diallo and Armstrong win the ball back as Saints are attacking. Uh, El Neni and um, who's that sort of French? French, oh, what's the French fullback? The kind of cool fashion dude they've got. Uh, you know the one. He wears all the jazzy clothes.
0: Tom, um, you've lost me at this point. You, I, so. I don't follow as many um, footballers on Instagram as you do.
1: Well, who was it? So it's um, Bellerin, you yeah. know, sort of cool hipster footballer. It's, there's this amazing moment, and they showed up match the day, where Saints have won the ball back. And, you know, it's with like... James Wall Prowse, who's about who could hit it or cross it or
2: mm.
1: and El Nenny and and Bellerin are having a go at each other. Really? And it reminded me, John, of when we were at the Emirates last season, and I don't know if you remember, but when they were so um obsessed with rowing with each other in their Free, the Arsenal players, that they didn't notice that Bertrand had taken that free kick quickly for Danny Ings to score the first goal. Yeah because they're all just too busy telling you to go out there for free. and it just made me think like, what's going on there Like, how can a, a group of professionals be so like, off the pace and so unfocused it's I mean, just such a weird thing to see
0: I, I think Arteta will be looking over his shoulder I mean if we're if it's a week when uh, club legends can be sacked for poor managerial performances after we've seen Frank Lampard sacked at Chelsea Arteta's sort of also in that position. I mean, he's had a bit more experience than Frank Lampard, but only as a number two to you know, one of the world's most successful managers, current successful managers. He's not it, is he, Arteta?
1: You know, if you look. I mean, like, you know, we
0: won't, we don't really talk about
1: the clubs on this, but it is interesting because our, the the Athletic article today, John. I don't know if you read that on, you know, which obviously has been written way in advance and there's published today about why um, why Lampard get, got the sack. And it's just fascinating. And I think, you know, it's, these clubs are brilliant football clubs. You know, Arsenal and Chelsea are brilliant football clubs with world-class players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't stop them being badly run. And you look at, you know, Arteta's got like a, they've spent £72 million on Pepe. And that
0: free kick that Pepe took
1: was, I think, like one of the most disgraceful (laughs) I've ever seen a professional footballer do. So
0: so Tom, remind me, what happens?
1: So Arsenal haven't really done much all game, but they are, by about the 65th minute, a bit like the Emirates, they are getting back in it and they're pinning Saints back. And Saints aren't able to do what we do so well in the first half, which is get through the lines and get out to Adams and Ings. And every time we basically try and get it forward from about 60 minutes onwards, um, Lauren or someone just cleans it up and the ball just comes straight back at us. And then I think they go down the left and Bertram does a stupid foul.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: His second one in a few games and clatters into Pepe. And all of a sudden, Arsenal have a chance, probably level with the penalty spot on the right hand side of the goal. So it's a good chance to cross it in, mm-hmm. and what do they do John?
0: I, I can't remember, Tom. This is why I'm asking you to describe yeah, well, yeah, it and to
1: Pepe me. Pepe standing over it, and the referee blows the whistle, and Pepe just scoops like a left-footed shot, like twenty yards <laughs> over the bar when he's got everyone waiting in the box. And it, but to me, it was like symptomatic of like they just—it looked like he just doesn't care.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, and I, you know, we'll occasionally criticise Saints players, but I don't think any of them you could look at and think. Do they really care? You know, I think they all care. They all want to play for that club right
0: now. Well, I, 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 I don't think Ralph picks you unless you demonstrate that you really care. Yeah. You, you have to show him that you are up for every fight. And Arteta's not got that from the Arsenal, Arsenal players at all, has he?
1: No. And it's the same with Chelsea. I mean, there's, there's talk, this athletic article, which is incredibly well-sourced, as mm. they generally are, um, you know, talks about him losing the dressing room. And once, you know and that is about Chelsea having a culture of once their heads go down, you know, they're not there for each other, those players. They okay. they start for their own back. And I just thought it was fascinating to see Saints give everything, you know, like huffing and puffing by the end, probably not putting us in too good a stead for the league game tomorrow night. And then just to compare it to these guys. I mean Pepe 70 million, more than the entire first choice eleven saints out in that game.
0: I, I mean, this is one of the things that I really enjoy about Saints beating Arsenal, especially on a day when Portsmouth lost four nil as well. Is um, the uh, so so I I have a group of friends so my my wife Sophie, when we sort of were in the early days of courting, I think I'd been to watch Saints away at Colchester United, something like that. When when we were in League One, so we were pretty far down in the dumps. But I had my Saints scarf on, came back met up with her and her mates in the pub who were all Portsmouth fans at the time. And obviously it took great delight in Saints being in League One and Portsmouth being in the Premier League and all took the mick out of me for having a Saints scarf and this, that and the other. Uh, over the years, Saints have uh, returned to the Premier League and Portsmouth have returned to their rightful position as well back in League One. Um, and lots of these uh, so-called Portsmouth fans have, have now Arsenal season ticket holders Or they share season tickets between them, so they all follow Arsenal now rather than Portsmouth. So when Saints beat Arsenal and Portsmouth lose, (laughs) it's like the double uh, V sign up to these guys. And I, you know, it's a shame that I can only give it large on WhatsApp and not in the pub to these guys at at the moment. But you know, it just brings me such joy when something like this happens. But you know, we've got to get all this joy out now, Tom, because we're playing Arsenal tomorrow night. And now we've talked about this, we're we're sort of. uh, Cursing us, aren't we? Yeah,
1: you know, like, oh, I, I, I think Ralph did the right thing mm. by prioritising the the FA Cup game. Although, I, you know, maybe he's not prioritising the FA Cup game. Maybe he knows that those players, after not playing, um, you know, a lot of them after not playing against, um, you know, in the midweek, can play that game, can play Arsenal, and give Arsenal a really good game, mm. um, and, and you know, not worry about the fitness. I, I don't know. I, I guess, it, you know, they have so much sports science and they know everything that's going on at the club. Um, you must know. But also, I think, you know, psychologically, Saints have now taken four points to Arsenal's one from this, you know, if you think about the two games. Of yeah. The league game. Yeah, the force is with us. The momentum's with us. And we're at home. And, um, you know, they look, they look fragile. Because, I mean, even... People were talking about how the Arsenal Renaissance had been, you know, had been so much better and they hadn't conceded a goal in 508 minutes or something. But they have played like Newcastle, Brighton, um, West Brom. You know, they, they've not
0: played anyone good. No.
1: Um, and as soon as they came up against a good team, in 23 minutes, they're 1 0 down.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, um, Yeah, hopefully we can continue this form into Tuesday. I think, you know, the psychological point is such an important one because it it is a blow to them and it actually puts the pressure on because if you rest the team now, which you did on Saturday, and then puts the full-strength team out on Tuesday and loses, then you look like a total idiot, don't you? You look like a complete fool. You're out of the cup. And you haven't won the league game, and you've sacrificed the cup. Which you're the most successful club in that competition's history. You're the reigning champions. It's a good route into European football. It's the only thing you're going to win this season. Exactly. It's it's the only thing they've got a hope in hell of winning this season. Well, they don't anymore. I'm just a bit of you know, bit of Mm -hmm. Saints being hot there, Um, um, and it's you know, it's quite conceivable that we could. Either get another draw or go and beat them tomorrow, Tom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd happily, to be honest, take a draw. Um,
0: yeah, I, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really excited about the game tomorrow because I, I've got a feeling the Saints have got a, you know, they, they, we're not scoring a lot of goals. Um, there's no doubt about that, but we do seem to sort of have a momentum about us, and I think we're due, a few goals. I think Danny Ings is definitely due a few goals. Shay Adams is definitely due a few goals, and I think whilst Arsenal have been better, they're the kind of team that you imagine Saints are going to want to play, which is a team that are a bit soft. Mm. Um, And even like Partey, when he came on, he did not look that, you know, he's clearly a brilliant player. He didn't look that great. No. Yeah, he's barely played any football.
0: No, no, he he, he absolutely hasn't. Um, And, you know, he didn't look great, but I, I think the whole Pepe thing is just astonishing, isn't it? 72 million quid. And, you would not have looked across that pitch and thought he was the the seventy two million. I mean, seventy two million pounds, Tom. That is sort of that's like that's What's you want busy? someone to be like sort of Chris, uh, you know, Gareth Bale, Chris, you know, peak Bale, well, like peak Galactico Ronaldo. Money.
1: That's that's Galactico money. That's yeah. like you know, mega money, um, world beater money, and he just looked lost. I mean, how much of it is the manager? I don't know, but like he just looked. Lost, you don't feel sorry for these people, but um, it's just this weird. I mean, also, like, bad decisions. Like, William's on, William's 32 years old on a three year deal with 200,000 pounds a week.
0: I mean, for the listeners, I'm just shaking my head at Tom here. Who sanctions that? I don't know. I mean, let, let, let's talk about, um, so one of the other things which I thought was quite interesting about it, so Ings, you know, had a, a decent chance for a really good ball from Forster, actually. It's very rare that we talk about Forster doing good oh, distribution, but... It was a
1: Forster's
0: distribution. Yeah, it was beautiful long ball over the top. Um, Ings, ultimately from this, was flagged offside, but I think had he scored and it had gone to VAR, he, they, he would have been found to be onside. Yeah, do you remember on this one? We shot, hit the post, yeah. and then it nearly went in off Leno's head. Yeah, it was unlucky. I, yeah, it was a
1: laser finish, but um, I didn't think it was offside. I think I think you're right. It would have gone to Bar, and I think they would have, have rolled it in. Mm. I think Danny could do a goal, couldn't he?
0: Yeah, I think Danny could do a goal. Also, what I think is quite interesting about this, do you remember when Armstrong got COVID? And then he was off the pace a bit, wasn't he, for about three mm. games afterwards? I I wonder if there's a sort of a post-COVID nineteen slump thing that's going on.
1: Yeah, Armstrong's only just sort of starting to look.
0: I mean, I I thought Armstrong looked really good in in this game against Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, up against um, I can't remember who was playing the left back for Arsenal. It was Bellerin. Um
0: Cedric, yeah. at
1: first, wasn't it? Well, Cedric, sorry, Cedric. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to like again. We don't want to talk too much about Arsenal, but. Is it how could a professional footballer like Cedric
0: have a foul throw? I've <laughs> Tom. This is one of the things that always fascinates me. How can that happen? Like honestly, like if
1: you if you played like Sunday League football and you gave away a foul throw, you'd be laughed at. You'd be laughed at.
0: Like, so- I mean, I remember playing at school level, and yeah, you know, someone who clearly hadn't played an awful lot of football in their life, but you know, was able to run around and had like. Yeah, some natural talent taking a throw in and doing it wrong and literally players were rolling around on the floor. I mean, I know teenagers are brutal, right? But yeah, for a professional football player to get that so wrong. But I think, isn't it, I think I read that
1: that one of the Arsenal players has taken three foul throws this Premier League.
0: <laughs> Where, who's even like doing the hours, putting in the hours to have that stat, Tom. I mean, that is,
1: that's incredible oh, that's dedication,
0: awesome. isn't it? But Yeah, like, you know,
1: a terrible foul throw. Like, it just, but it kind of summed it all up, doesn't it, really? If you want to sum up, like, what's what's happening? That You know, what? show, show me Siri, show me a football club that everything's going wrong. But, like, okay, here's a professional player, you know, making a foul throw.
2: Mm.
1: And I actually think they did another one after that. But I think the referee let him go over
0: it. Right, I mean, some of the talking points I want to pick up here, Tom. So I thought Ralph Hasenhuttle's subs were interesting. Both Ings and Adams came off at Ndulu and Long in the second half. I thought that was interesting because it was still 1-0 and there was a chance that that could have gone to extra time and penalties. But uh, even though it was 1-0, I don't ever think I really felt like Arsenal were going to get back into it and that Ralph must have been feeling the same, right?
1: Yeah, I think well, I think as well. It shows the confidence he has in Landulu,
2: mm.
1: doesn't it? He obviously really believes that that it's not a significant downgrade. Um, and I also thought Long, for the first time since he's come in a while, he actually did the Shane Long stuff that actually looked really good.
0: Yeah, he likes Arsenal, though, doesn't he? Long? He does love an Arsenal. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, I have to say, you know, it's a, it's a bit like was it the Liverpool game where we ended up with. Ullandulu and
2: Teller
1: mm. are up front and it they don't look I mean look I don't think Ullandulu is a deadly finisher at the moment
0: and his this touch needs got, a little bit of work as well doesn't it's it
1: fun, his work as it often does with young players um, but I think he obviously brings a sufficient amount of kind of chaos to the pitch and also he seems really quick doesn't he yeah and he'll run the channels and hold the know, ball up hold the ball up and that's that's kind of what you want
2: I'd,
0: I'd quite like him to be sort of peak Kenwin Jones. I think Kenwin Jones is a player which he never sort of quite reached the heights that he was capable of. Wasn't
1: there like crazy stories about Kenwin Jones? That he was a professional like gymnast or something. And then he only started playing football at 14 or something crazy.
0: I mean, I can believe that. Because, I mean, the guy looked like he treated his body as a temple. And he used to do those uh, crazy celebrations, didn't he? But I think at the time when he got his move to Sunderland, he was... So good for Southampton at that point, holding the ball up really well, finishing really well. He just sort of appeared, didn't he? I mean,
1: he was a, it was a strange time when Kemwin Jones was at the club. I mean, but he was good
0: though. Because he, he, he
1: kind of like like Bambi on ice and then he suddenly got really good, didn't he?
0: It's like someone flicked a switch. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, rather than talking about Kenwin Jones, um, <laughs> let's talk about some of the great performances uh, in the Saints side. Third clean sheet for Fraser Forster. In three games, that's great. Yeah. Just doesn't like conceding goals. Um, I mean, he has had three games: one against Arsenal, one against Liverpool, one against Shrewsbury. I don't think he said it's the hardest save he's had was from Worley.
1: Um And well, was it the hard? Well, the the Arsenal save where Pe- from Pepe was it? That was from Pepe, maybe. But then I think they flagged offside anyway. Yeah. Um, but, again, it was really good save. I mean, the best thing he's really done in those three games was when he ran out to get the ball away from Salah. Because mm. that kind of set the tone, didn't it? You, you know, I think that's the thing with Forster. It's like, you know he's a good keeper, but you, I always just think, like, when he's been out for so long, you're like, just get the first thing right. You yeah. know, because you can imagine, like, his head, like... Must be thinking like so focused, gotta get the first thing I, And I remember that West Ham and I was talking about this West Ham game loads, we're forced to came back. But like I think the first thing he had to do, like for a cross, and he kinda of flapped at it and you just knew That was
0: it.
1: His head wasn't there and we you know, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't have a spectacularly bad game, but you can see the three goals and yeah, he just looks really short and, and fair play to him. Like his kicking is great. And you can guarantee that even if he doesn't end this season as Saints first choice goalkeeper, Next season, he's going to be someone's first-choice goalkeeper, isn't he? Because mm. he's good. And all credit to him and to Dave Sparks.
2: Yeah.
0: No, They're doing a good job with Forster. So, I mean, again, touching wood here. Um, I think McCarthy will be back um, tomorrow. Carl Walker-Peters.
1: What do you say about our player of the, player of the season so far?
0: He's been doing really well. Diallo. Let's talk about Diallo and Pepe. That I mean, that was wonderful, wasn't it? I mean, if anyone's not seen the highlights yet, there's this just great moment where... I think Saints tweeted it earlier. Did they? Okay, get on Saints the Southampton FC uh, Twitter account. But, I mean, there's a long ball up to Pepe. He's got 10 yards on Diallo already.
1: Bertrand's nowhere, because Bertrand's gone up for an attack that's gone wrong.
0: Yeah, and Diallo alive to the danger. Um, yeah, You know, he he sprints back. From uh, standing start. From standing start, gets there before Pepe, takes the ball away. Pepe's lying on the floor like, you know, he can't believe what's happened. And Diallo, I I think we just need to talk about him, Tom, because when Romeo, and, and I know I mentioned him earlier in the episode talking about the Madison goal that he got fouled and lost the ball and maybe Romeo doesn't lose the ball despite getting fouled in that You've got to remember, he's only 21. He's only had a few games for us.
2: Mm.
1: He's only and, had a few games for France as well. Yeah,
0: and he, he was he was brilliant against Arsenal. Good against Liverpool. You know, on the most part, good against Leicester. I think Saints have found another gem, haven't they? I mean, you say yeah. found another gem. It's €15 million, Euros, which is a significant amount of money for a young player with not much experience. But you can see why Saints have forked out that that money for him because he's tidy, he's a good tackler, he's quick. And actually, on the ball, he sort of reminds me a little bit of Carl Walker-Peters. I think one of the refreshing things about Carl Walker-Peters is he's able to dribble it around players, he's able to carry the ball forward, and Diallo seems to be capable of exactly the same thing. Which, you know, Romeo is... A lot more experience. He's great at loads and loads of things, but that's not one of the things that Romeo's great about. And I, I think before Romeo got injured, Tom, we were probably talking about Romeo potentially in the sort of player of the season category. And now Diallo is asking an awkward question of Ralph. Ralph's got a decision to make when Romeo's back from injury, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, in the same, in the same way he's got one when Vescar comes back. Because you could argue that Stevens haven't really done anything wrong. And Diallo has done more than done nothing wrong. He's done loads right. I think that, he seems to be incredibly composed. He was against Liverpool. He was against Fulham. He looks like he's been doing this for eight years in the Premier League or something. He just looks super cool. He's rapid. He doesn't try and do anything particularly flash, does he? He just sort of get, wins the ball, turns and finds a pass. It, he looked great, and Arsenal just couldn't handle him. And I think John, you tweeted the article by Jacob, the horribly young uh, Jacob Townwell. Uh, is it Townwell? Townwell. Yeah, um, Tanswell. Townwell uh, for Prost, and it's a really good article. And it's a really good read about Diallo and how he came to Saints, but and, and what he's doing. And he looks great. And uh, you know, you might see. I think if if the if if um if Romeu, could possibly make it back for the game tomorrow night. You could see Diallo, um, a uh, Romeo pivot in midfield and, and Ward-Prowse move to right back. Do you think? I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, mm. it, you, that is a centre midfield that's going to dominate the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really could, couldn't it? I, I mean, I don't think Arsenal will like to see Diallo on the on the starting line-up again, will they?
1: No. I mean, he just unfussy. You know, just I think it it's that ability to do this, the, the simple stuff, isn't it, really, really well. And the comparisons to Kante, I think, you know, maybe a bit lazy because he's French, he's relatively short, he's a defensive midfielder. But, you know, what Kante does brilliantly is he does all that, that you know, inverted comma, boring stuff. Mm. does it just brilliantly. And Diallo just looks to be like a, a selfless team player, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. And um, just going back to your point about him looking like he's been doing it for eight years. I mean that—that that is the mad thing, isn't it? I mean Diallo has had a handful of like senior, um, you know, se- senior sort of performances. He's you know born in nineteen ninety nine, so he's incredibly young, twenty one years old. He played twenty four games. Uh, for Brest last season, he's played seven games for Southampton this season, and you're right. He looks like a player who's been playing at this level for a really, really long time. And yeah. he, he is, I guess, now he is the one area of the squad where we do have depth. I mean, I think you can argue that we have depth in centre backs because Jack Stevens has has come pretty well equipped, and so we have depth in goalkeepers because Fraser Forster as well. But that those are really the only positions, and um. We're looking at you know, the Arsenal game this week with our two, two full-backs out, and that, that could potentially be a little bit of a problem because we don't have the same level of depth there, although <coughs> Valerie's got a fair bit of Premier League experience. Vokin certainly doesn't. Um, Tom, also, we've knocked out the defending champions of the FA Cup for the first time since the 1901-1902 season where my great-grandfather, Albert Hoskins, was a player for Southampton. Oh, so. I love it, Tom so could bring bring up that yes. yeah, um, but also yeah there we go not out the defending champions out of the FA Cup not uh, beat the defending champions of the Premier League it's not bad is it no that's alright um, the only downer I suppose on this week has probably been all the Ings contract talks seems that we've hit a bit of a stumbling block on the release clause have you read yes. this Tom
1: yeah so the story is isn't it that Money's not the problem here. Apparently, not like wages. Everyone's happy. Extend the deal. Danny Ings is what twenty-eight. Um, so this maybe his last big. Well, actually, no, yeah, probably not. Yeah, you know, his penultimate big deal. And apparently, the, the the problem is that Saints are happy to have a release clause, but they want it uh, a figure that Ings' agent believes is too high and is unrealistic. So. Now there's an impasse with 18 months left on his contract, which obviously would take him to 30. Mm. Um, And, you know, you could obviously leave on a free. Um, Very interesting situation, isn't it? Because I guess it's like, you know, no one wants to blink first here. But Mm. obviously, as a bias Salamson fan, I'd implore Danny Ings to stay. But I think as well, there's an interesting idea. If he's not going to be at Saints, where is he going to go?
0: So, I mean, I, I don't really want to make the case for Dannying's leaving, but Leicester would be my choice if I was Dannying's. But then, is that a, enough of a, a step up? And I think perhaps this is where the figure is quite interesting because apparently Dannying's agent wants forty million as the release clause. Which God, I, I
1: thought know that I thought it would be about half that. I thought I thought we'd be looking
0: at like twenty million.
1: Yeah, but I thought that's what he'd be wanting and Saints would want 40.
0: Oh, well, maybe I've got it the wrong way around, but I think it's the agent wants 40 and Southampton want more.
1: I mean, I know mean, saying Saints want to play hardball and they don't want to get screwed over again, but if someone comes in next year and offers you £40 million pounds for a 29-and-a-half-year-old plannings, surely Saints would have been tempted to mm.
0: well, take that. I think we know that Saints would be tempted to any offer for any player, over 20 million quid, probably.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, th- I know you talk Leicester, th- you know, Vardy's now 34. Um, I mean, what, what I would say is, and I would, you know, I imagine Danny is a big listener to the pod, uh, is, you know, there's not, yeah, there are clubs that are a step up, of course, but, yeah, is he going to go to a Man City? Is he going to get that Liverpool move? Are Man United going to go for him. Chelsea, Tottenham, because those are your five big, big clubs, aren't they? Mm. Um, and then after that, you're looking at Everton and Leicester.
0: It's quite funny. I was emailed um, by a Arsenal in-the-know chap um, who was asking me about Danny Ings. And I took great delight in, uh, you know, he was saying, oh, we've heard a rumour that Danny Ings wants to join Arsenal. And I was like, oh, well, we've heard that Danny Ings wants to join a... Um, a, 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 a team that's going to play in the Champions League so I think that rules Arsenal out which I took quite a lot of joy in um, saying so then obviously he, he's retorted saying now that Arsenal apparently interested in Ryan Bertrand but I just think this is a nonsense yeah. isn't it With that, but then you do
1: have to look at it and you have to think what's going on at Saints where you've got two players who seemingly want to stay at the club but we're not getting the deals over the line I mean, yeah. like, surely, is a no-brainer. The guys played two hundred games for the Saints, Like, right? He should be a, a, a club legend. He's not for. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't even have his own song. But um, why are they not? You know, surely, that's a deal you can get over the line.
0: Yeah, uh, I would have thought so, and I think they probably will. But the Dannying stuff is quite worrying because I think the longer it takes, the more other clubs will sort of express an interest, won't they? If they see that he's a little bit unsettled by it, they'll 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 start to prey on it. Um, Tom, let's move on to listener emails. Got one from Dan Beggs. You may remember he he um emailed in quite a few episodes ago. Um and he says, Hi, I wanted to write again to make sure you take the credit for your prediction. When you read out my complaint about the pundits in episode ninety five, Tom asked at what point Saints would be taken seriously? And you replied that if we beat Liverpool and we were still there or thereabouts, the narrative would change. Sure enough, this is the header in the BBC article. Leicester City climbed to second in the Premier League as they won keenly contested encounter with fellow top four hopeful Southampton at the King Power Stadium. <laughs> um, I'd say you know, thanks, Dan, for for pointing out um, pointing that out. Uh, also, not only that match, but the team also. Um, use the same language at least for the English commentary that got piped into Hong Kong it's unfortunate that we didn't build on our good early play and the two errors from Tom's favourite defender made the difference pause for Tom to say he doesn't know why people are so hard on Jack Stevens." so Tom I don't know why people are so hard on him
2: the
0: facts speaks for themselves Um, I see a lot of complaints on the socials I think uh, some fans are only feeling so disappointed because second string Saints team looked like we had the beating of a full strength Leicester side until they went ahead for me that's probably one of the best performances I've seen from a patchwork Saints side especially against decent opposition as a players we're missing return we're only going to get stronger come on your Eds Dan from Hong Kong
1: yeah well again if anyone wants to put us up in these exotic places like Hong Kong or the Cayman Islands we're, we're okay with that. But yeah, I agree with him. Say it's didn't look outcast against Leicester. They look, they look good. I think Leicester are just a really good team. They're, they're, this is a fascinating thing about this league. I just, tomorrow night, Crystal Palace, who are pretty pony, are playing West Ham, who look really good. If West Ham win, they go one point above Liverpool.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's mad, isn't it? West Ham, people thought they were going to get relegated at the start of the season. I know it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, they had a dreadful start to the season as well, didn't they? Yeah, and they're just you know, like, it, the quality is really good. And, I, and this is
1: why these this one of games is really interesting because Saints are playing Arsenal. And you, you know, whilst we've got better leagues this last so it's still obviously a really tough game. And then we play Villa, who are a really good team and can hurt Saints as we saw, even though we won 4 3. So there's no, there's, there's very few. Probably West Brom aside, easy games in this
0: league. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been nine different leaders of the Premier League this season so far. Long may this continue. I mean, I, I just think it makes it much more entertaining
1: yeah I, agree.
0: I do wish we were there though to see it in real life Tom I mean that's the one thing that's making me gutted right we're, we're over an hour but um Timothy Bruker has emailed in and said about why he supports the saints so we're going to give him his moment and then we'll very very briefly touch on our, our four fixtures and say goodbye to everyone so hold out listeners extend your daily exercise by those few more minutes um Tim says, Tom and John, catching up on the pods after the holiday break. Enjoy the discussion about how fans found their love for Southampton FC. I thought I'd share mine. I live in a college town, State College, uh, PA, home of Penn State. What's PA? Is that state. one? Is PA like one of the state? Is that Pennsylvania, is it? Yeah. Okay. And one of my good friends here is Professor Simon Hooper, who is from England. Funny, we've also, our professor who comes on the podcast Professor Simon Kemp also Simon there we go Professor Simon destined to be Saints fans I've always liked and played soccer um, one night over beers at a bar I explained to me I enjoyed watching the Premier League but couldn't really dig in because I didn't have a team he said well let's fix that I then laid out the parameters um, I am not a front runner, no top six teams. I am a diehard Philadelphia sports fan, so we are diehards but don't win much. I want a team that I could be proud of, but don't need the burden of high expectations and they have a good style of space. Simon, who is a proper Wimbledon and Chelsea, I don't know how you can be both, um, uh, said Southampton would be perfect for you. I mean back in it I mean I, I say I don't know how you could be both, because Wimbledon and Chelsea both used to be in the same division. But yeah, I, mean, I guess it's been a long time now, hasn't it?
1: I mean, you're a Bath and a Saints fan, aren't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, Bath City and Saints have only played once in my living memory, which I was at. Interesting. What was the goal? Uh, I think it was 1-0 to Saints. I mean, it was Saints' second string. It was well, Glenn Hoddle was manager. I don't okay. even think Glenn Hoddle showed up. It was a pre-season friendly. Friendly. Yeah. Um Southampton would be perfect for you. He told me to go home and watch them play on the weekend and see what I thought. Well, that was the week of October the 14th, 2014. Do you remember what happened that day, Tom? October
1: the 14th, 2014. Uh, Albert? No. No. No, John, I'm out.
0: I remember that because Southampton ripped Sunderland 8-0 that weekend and I was hooked. I was on the London eye. Yeah. Simon warned me it wouldn't always be that easy, but I've grown to live and die with the club a little bit more each year. And thanks to NBC, I can watch every Premier League game here for $50 a year. Bloody hell. I wish I could watch every Saints game for $50 a year. Great bargain. Thanks uh, for all you guys do. Love the pod. I can't wait to get to St. Mary's for the first time as soon as life returns to normal. Happy New Year and up the Saints. Happy New Year to you, Tim. I don't know if you're still allowed to say Happy New Year on the 25th of January, but we just have, so there. Gosh, that 8-0 victory. That reminds me of the time I took Sam, Samuel Hung, um, he was a chap I knew from Hong Kong, to a Bath City game. He was about 18 years old, I think. Never been to a football game before. Um, showed up with about 100 quid because he didn't know how much it was going to cost. And Bath City beat Crawley Town 7-1 and Bobby Zamora scored four goals.
1: Was Bath City playing for Bobby Zamora? World, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: for a little while. Not for very long. He was on loan from Bristol Rovers because he was um apparently having a romance with one of the director's daughters at Bristol Rovers. So he got farmed out to um Bath City and then sold to Brighton. Naughty Bobby Zamora. Mm. I tell you what, watching Bobby Zamora against Crawley Town was amazing. I mean, you've never seen someone who was so far uh, out of his depth, but the other way. yeah.
1: Yeah, I I mean, uh, someone uh, someone was on the radio earlier this season talking about they saw Carl Malone play non-league, which was only about, like, four years ago or something. Yeah. Um, But Shay Adams was playing non-league, wasn't he? About five years ago, six years ago.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think there's a thing, like, people would talk about, I don't know, when they saw an upcoming band called, like, Nirvana or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I saw Bobby Zamora.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not the same, but I guess it
0: works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll okay with that. So I mean Tom, we've got two more games this week. We've got Arsenal, then Villa, then Man United after that. That's a tough run, isn't it, in the Premier League?
1: They're thick and fast, aren't they? Yeah. We've not had a you know, I think we've not had a, an easy game since what, Boxing Day?
0: or well, since Shrewsbury on well, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, well these yeah, league. I mean I think look, they're not gonna fear anyone, are they? Saints. Yeah. And um we can we can beat Arsenal. We could probably beat Villa.
0: Yeah. We could probably beat Man That's United. I mean, we were 2-0 up ahead of them.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's also Man United at home, which is less good than Man United away. Um, yeah. I, it's fascinating. They're not going to fear anyone. And, and also, I think some of the positive news about injuries coming out of the squad, I know, obviously, Cole walker Peters out for tomorrow night's game, but Vestergaard is apparently close to returning. Um, obviously, Salusio will never play. Um, and it'll be an unanswered to sort of a pub quiz question. And then um, Redmond, I think, is back for tomorrow night, as you said, John. Yeah. McCarthy is obviously back, so they're getting the game. The boys are the boys are
0: getting back together. The band are back together. Romeo um, are back together. Soon. Right, and uh, Tom, we need to wrap this up in the next thirty seconds to make it less than seventy minutes long. So, you know. Let's undo all of this good work that we've done in this podcast as Saints, go out and lose to Arsenal no tomorrow. But I don't think we will. There, oh, I've gosh. said it. Oh, um, email us, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. We absolutely love hearing from you, listener. We're also on Twitter at saintsfcpodcast. It's cheerio from me and Tom.
1: Good night.